Hello and welcome to 1882. I know it's been a fucking long time, but that season, last season from Spurs is a bit of a write-off, so uh, so was the podcast. But we're coming back, we're fresh, it's Ash again, hosting with my big bro Chris. How you doing, mate? All good. Yeah, yeah, all good, all good over here, man. It's It's been a while, I guess you've got a lot to say, you've got a lot to, got a lot to get off your chest. I think it's probably best that the past is uh, just swept behind us. <laughs> yeah. um, but we don't want to all get into that that state again. Um, very, very sad end or middle, so we say post World Cup. Could we? Yeah, it's, it was more than an end. It was it just more. It, it, was, it was just sort of torturous, sort of uh, draining of our lives for a while. But we're going to move past that because it's all changed at Tottenham this year. And uh, ultimately, football's supposed to be fun. So let's have some fun football. That's what Andrew's promised us. Um, obviously, he's a bit of an unknown to your average football consumer. Chris, um, obviously, he's, he's sort of been done to death by all sorts of podcasts and, 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 um, and sort of pundits and whatnot. So just a few quick words on him. What do you expect him to bring to Spurs? For me, do you know what? It's, a lot of people spoke about the style of football that he plays. And like you said, other podcasts have diverged deeply into it. The bit that I'm looking forward to, Ash, and I, I don't know if you feel the same, is just when I've watched back his interviews, how he is on the pitch, just that burning desire to to win, the passion, um, obviously the style of football he plays as well, but the way he that he drives that and he truly believes in it, mm. um, it's just something I'm fascinated to see how it plays out because, listen, Conte was very passionate on the side of the pitch, but he, what he didn't give in interviews and stuff like that, um, Ange will do. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, listen, breath of fresh air, get rid of all the toxicity that's been in the club and, and we'll just take it from there. And I'm really excited to to get this season going yeah there's been a lot of toxicity recently I think with Ange for me obviously I can't wait to see some good football because everywhere he's been he's always played that the attacking football that is comparable with the sort of stuff that you see Pep put out on a week-to-week basis I'm not saying that his teams are as good as Pep's I'm just saying that the tactics are comparable but what I'm most excited about is to have a manager for the first time in, in a long time who's all in it with Spurs, or at least it seems to be all in it with Spurs. He's saying all the right things. Our last few managers feels like they've been they're there as if they're doing us a favour. They're just picking up the paycheck, trying to keep their their name going, you know, trying to get a reputation. There, there wasn't really any connection with Spurs at any point. Jose said it himself that Spurs, yeah, the junior club, he had no connection with. Um, I, I don't think it's just Spurs to blame for that. I think it's the type of managers that we've had. So it's time, it's time to be positive, time to move on. And um, I think we've had a little bit of an insight about the way we're going to be doing things moving forward with the type of signings we have. Um, the first one being Guillermo Licario, Chris, our resident Serie A correspondent. What can you tell us about, about um, Big Vic? He's come off of two amazing seasons and one better than the other. Um He's come up, he said it himself, and he's right. He's come up the hard way. Um, he didn't get a, these chances that we see where 
less examples like Jack Wilshere's or or Harry Winks, where they play for a big youth academy and they get a chance in the first team. He's been loaned out. Um, he was never really trusted by Atalanta, um, so he dropped down to Serie B, um, and he's just been building and building. And yes, he's got his his talent is very raw. Um, there is a few things that I want to see him improve on. One being his his ability to push the ball um, in safe spots rather than parrying so much. Um, because as good as the doubles and triple saves we've seen, ultimately he shouldn't be punching it back into those areas where he has to save it again. Um, but apart from that, his ceiling's massive. A lot of talent, absolute grinder. He'll work his socks off. And listen, I... I it's, it's one that you can't go wrong for the amount we signed him for. I think it's a brilliant signing. I'm very happy with Ricardo. Yeah, uh, just to re-emphasise that, Chris, can you give um, the non-Italian listeners their breakdown on how to say say his name? Just say Vic, Big Vic. Just, just Big Vic will do, fuck it. Stick, Big Vic will do, Vic. we don't need, to, don't need to get into uh, breaking it down. <laughs> I'm sure, or, or Venom, which is Venom, the, sickest, the sickest nickname, man. That's so so cool, but yeah, no, it's um, it's really exciting actually seeing him come in, and it's, it's quite boring. I say quite boring. There's been some boring um, comparisons with Gallini just because they were about the oh, same age. I and was he's just Italian. about to bring that up before I forgot it. Yeah, yeah, Gallini, it was fucking ridiculous. Gallini, let's make one thing clear: is Gallini never had the same hype that this guy's got. Hmm. He was a good keeper in Italy. He was considered good, but Vicario is being considered as one of the next best up. He is being considered as potentially that person that can oust Donnarumma from that number one spot. Well, he's had a better season in terms of shot stopping than Donnarumma. That, that's just what most people that have watched Serie A on a regular basis and have watched the, the Italian national team on, on a regular basis have been saying. And Donnarumma, I don't know... What about you, Chris? But he's obviously a world, world-class keeper. So to be compared to him in itself is is high praise enough, right? It's massive. No, definitely. Um, unfortunately for us Italians, something's happened with Donnarumma since he's been to PSG. He's not mm. been the same guy. It could be, listen, he's still a very young boy. People don't realise this boy broke through the scene at, what, 16? Yeah, mental. Um, and he's still very young. I think he's even he's still younger than Vicario, I believe. I think he's like uh, he's not he's not older than twenty four. That's for certain. Vicario's yeah, exactly. twenty six. So, so I'll have a quick look as you talk. He's, he's he's younger than Vicario, like. But something at PSG's gone wrong, and but even still, yeah, twenty four. Don, sorry, Donnarumma's has <laughs> been locked on that number one spot. We there's been mm. no pressure. Gallini's never been a pressure. The, the number two spot was always. Uh, uh, almost 30 year old keeper in the likes of um DeSantis and you you can name all the mm. the second keepers Italy used to call up and he's, he's finally Gallini was never the pressure Alex Merritt's never been that pressure and um, Vicario seems to be that guy that's going to do it um it either, Provodel, it seems. But, oh, well I think it'll be Karaneski not Karaneski yeah um we're I blessed think, man we're blessed we're, to keep we're, yeah we are but ultimately Tottenham have, listen They've done a really good signing. I'll be honest with yeah. you. He is spending forty million on Raya. I'm glad you brought it out because I've got a thing to say about that. It Go is on. crazy. It is crazy having to spend mm. that money on. And we've 
for me, they're different players, yes, but in terms of talent and what they'll bring to Tottenham, they're not any different. So to save 20 million, yes, people are going to say it's not your own money, mm. but I believe that Mun's been given a certain amount yeah, and he's allowed to spend that amount. So if he can save 20 million on that, he will spend it somewhere else. So well, even if it's not money, I'm sure Levy's still got his hands in there. But the point is that this this transfer is different, and I'm not saying it's um you can all put down your banners and and you know protesters go home. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying this is different because we wanted Raya. I think there's no doubt that he was our number one. But he's in the last year of his contract. He's conceded more goals from outside the box than any other keeper in the league, which is fucking ridiculous, by the way. Um, and they, they were demanding 40 million. And obviously, we it's quite clear that we went into negotiations trying to knock that down. And we I'm sure we would have settled for 30, 30 odd million quid. But they weren't coming down. And unlike previous seasons where we would have spent all summer trying to get them to knock the, the price down and when they're not going to, we acted decisively. We, we moved on to another keeper and just because he's cheaper doesn't mean he's worth that's that's, that's, that's the main thing is that another thing that we can say is different ash is before we used to get number one targets and we wouldn't get them and the difference in talent down from first choice to second choice was a huge gulf yeah that's right they never really had a plan but with this one there's there's not that there's not that gulf in talent so for me, I'm I, I'm ecstatic. I'll be honest with you. Uh, mm. It was a no-brainer when you got someone like Vicario, who who was linked with re- possibly replacing Inter um, when if they sold Onana um, and stuff like that. It's a no-brainer for twenty odd million. Juve wanted yeah. him. Bayern wanted him in January. You know, this is those sort of clubs don't come in for um, a keeper from Empoli for no reason. <laughs> By the way, I've got some very good youngsters. People mm. say, oh, Empoli, they're nobodies, but go watch the likes of uh, Baldanzini, who, mm. by the way, is a very, very good attack midfielder um, at his young age. So they're just a club that, that, give op- that give opportunities to youngsters. So why not look at those clubs and buy them from them? So yeah, that's how Antalanta mm. made it. Mm. And I, I don't know, I suppose this is separate from a, a Spurs podcast, but so everyone's slagging off um, Serie A still, moaning about play, buying players from Serie A. We had a, a team in every single European final this year. Might not have won a single fucking one of them, but we had a team in every single under, final. Under Europe. 18 in the World Cup final. Yeah, it's mad. So um, under know, don't discount. Down, don't, don't be lazy. Oh, don't worry about them. They don't matter. But, <laughs> Don't don't be lazy and discount signing from Syria just because of preconceived conceptions, which are just based on fucking nothing. Anyway, right. So we've got Big Viking Goal. I was going to say new number one, but he's number 13 for some reason. Um, I suppose he's officially got that number in it until Hugo leaves. Yeah, I know. But it's weird that they announced it. Like, you'd think they just... I I think Hugo's going to be there for the rest of the year, I'll be honest. Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. He won't be starting now, hopefully. We'll see. But so that's the goalkeeper done. The next desperate thing that we needed in terms of we didn't literally, literally didn't have a player in that position was attacking midfielder. And we brought in James Madison. What a coup, Chris. Yes, for that price. Um, if we would have tried and done this last year, they probably would have asked for Declan Rice kind of money, if we're honest. Um, 60 minimum. It's a, as my only concern with this transfer, because I believe it's one that can't go wrong. Um, 
My only concern is, is, is he going to stay fit? We know he's, people were against the Zaniolo signing because of his injury record. Madison's is not much difference, but last year he seemed to keep fit for a longer period of time. Um, he seemed to really take on that captain's role and he really tried to drag Leicester into better positions. Um, without Madison, they would have been long gone. They would have been down there with Southampton. Um, he still managed to show his talent in a in a very poor Leicester squad. So, what was it? Almost, what was it that? Almost 20 goal involvements yeah. in, in a team that got relegated. Mental. Yep. And Mental. listen, he, he absolutely bullied us when we played him. Yeah, every time. He bullied us. So, for a player that can play centrally but can play off the left, he'll, he'll, he'll even pick up positions on the right-hand side. Mm. Um, he can play as a Ange-type number eight. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you reckon... So, do you reckon this um, he he fits into the Angers number eight in a in a three, or do you reckon this indicates a four two three one type format? I mean, with Ange, it's, it's all about roles, not positions. But I, I hope you know what I'm trying to mean. Or what I'm trying to I think it gives him the flexibility to be able to do to- both. Mm. But if we're gonna go, we can't predict the Ange. But if we're gonna go with the most likely, I think he'd be the most advanced number eight, then you'll have someone yeah. sitting in the gap and then you'll have your, your register or your like deep line playmaker as the six. You've been playing football manager, man, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those terms come to football manager for a reason. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just well excited to see Madison. He's got everything that we've been lacking. That sort of, that connection between the midfield and the attack that would allow us to build attacks and um, hopefully keep possession and move the ball on nicely. What we've been doing under a, a, a recent manager, well, since Nuno, well, since Jose, Jose, Nuno and Conte, has been keep it solid at the back, which is fine. It's, it's completely legitimate sort of tactic, but it hasn't been working. But build build from the back and get the ball forward and, and try and use the skill and speed of your forwards to catch the team on a fast uh, the, the opposition on a fast break um but that's why we've only had like 40 percent possession in, in games for for the majority of the last two seasons whereas he allows us to play on the front foot because of his ability to pick up the ball um but move it around in tight spaces whether that be quick one-two passes or, or beating a man or dribbling he's he's a complete game changer for us for what we had i'm, I'm not saying he's necessarily the best attacking midfielder in the world but he he just he makes a he fills a massive hole that we've been um, searching for since since Ericsson left really. So then, one thing that I'm excited was we struggled in in the last couple of years of we used to take the piss out of Arsenal for it, mm. but that that running it into the box and having to pass it in the back of the net yeah. it was very rare that um we have we we don't have midfielders that can shoot from from outside the box. Not no, of like, any quality, anyway, and he just brings that extra thing. It's like, all right, you block, you you you're blocking my outlet passes to Kulu and so on. Are oh, you 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 want a man mark Kane? Cool. Madison will just pop them off all day long, and one or two of them are going to go in. So it's just that extra dynamic of of our attack that I just think is very underrated. What he's going to be able to bring just and, from outside the box and set pieces. We have yes. When was the last time like we had a Genuine danger from set piece. Now we've got, now we've got two. <laughs> well, this one's got a few, doesn't he? As long as Son and Kane don't ever take one again, I'll be happy. 
But Son, <laughs> Son knocks them in for South Korea, man. Oh, yeah, but listen, uh, you can't do it. It's different boots. <laughs> different boots. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got, we've got two genuine set-piece takers now. Um, which is really good to see, really exciting, you know, change. But I expect this is a really important step in a in a change of the approach. Uh, Want to touch on it quickly? Was it something like 2012? Or, yeah, it was 2012 or 2014 where he sent those comments out about Bale being referring to him as a monkey, basically saying it's he hates Spurs. Who gives a fuck, right? Oh, listen, it's it's it shouldn't be right. He should be allowed to do talk like that. However, at the same time, he was a young boy back then. If I don't remember correctly, he was about what? It, it was young. It was, no, 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 it was, it was like, like 15. 15, 20, yeah. So, listen, he might just have a thing against Welsh people. I hope not. <laughs> uh, but he's probably just a patriotic, patriotic English guy. We all know the banter between English and Scots and English and Welsh. So... Could, Even if it's could, not that, man, we've all said worse things no, about Spurs in, we in can't, the last we can't, 10 years. We can't hold him against that, but ultimately, if Bale comes to watch a game, I'm sure Madison would be one of the first to say, "Can I have your autograph?" Because of how <laughs> how big Bale is. Yeah, yeah. No, he's um, it meant fuck all, man. He's a child. We've all said stupid shit. If you're if you're holding that against him, then uh, I think it's time to grow up and fucking move on. Speaking of moving on, uh, announced in the last few hours because we're recording on uh, Sunday, the second of July. It looks like we're picking up uh, Manuel Solomon on a freebie, Chris. Uh, I've only watched him a few to, times. Subject to FIFA, let's put it out there. Well, well, it's not subject to FIFA. Like, well, uh, they've got they've got a sort of okay it. Well, they always do. But the the thing is here, FIFA have essentially cut uh, cut his contract short with Shakhtar Donetsk, is my understanding. Um, so Shakhtar Donetsk. He, he is a free agent. For all intents and purposes, he is a free agent. No one can change that. But Shakhtar might try and sue. But they couldn't really do it. They, they say they'd sue the club signing. I can't see how they could sue the club signing. It wasn't our decision to make him a free agent. They'd have to sue FIFA if they've got any complaints because they're the decision makers in the in the whole thing. But um, that's that out of the way. We've, we're apparently signing him. According to Fabrizio Romano, he's got a... Uh, a um, a medical scheduled for Tuesday. I've, I've only watched a few games of him. I, I remember a couple of curlers coming in, cutting in from the less, uh, left, which were pretty much identical. I think it were two weeks in a row. I think one was Wolves. Can't remember the other one. Um, but what do you do? You know anything about him, Chris? Oh, usually, I'll be honest. Of what he played, <laughs> four four starts for Fulham, something like that. It was under yeah, ten he, anyway. He had terrible, uh, terrible injury issues, but, but yeah. He scored. So he's, he was from from a bit of research I've done. He was able to keep uh, that hundred million player at Chelsea on the bench, Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He benched him a few times. He can play off the left. He can play off the right. Seem he's happy to cut inside. But the bit that I'm excited for again is he'll take you to the byline if needed. Yeah. Um, he's more of an out and out winger than an inside forward although I think he's technically able to play both um, he don't mind playing with his back to goal he's got all the little flancy flicks um, that seem to pay off for him so listen he's a great option to have um, if Sonny we don't know what's going to happen with his injury and this this uh, surgery that he's, he's had or what not mm. um, so it's a great option to have and on a free why not 
Yeah, and I'm going purely on stats here because I haven't got I'm, I haven't watched him enough to give the eye test. So I'm going purely on stats, and he looks like a proper Ange player. Um, successful take on this is last year. He's in the 94th percentile, which means he's in the, the, that top bracket, essentially that, that top six percent of um, of dribblers. Um, and he's also put in a shit ton of tackles, a shit ton of interceptions. So he's been working hard for that Fulham team. And um, that's just from the last year, which has been a difficult year for him as well with injuries and whatnot. If you look further back and you go to the 21-22 World Cups, uh, sorry, the 21-22 Champions League, he's got all those uh, successful take-ons, but he's also got the progressive carries as well. So he's not just um, beating a man or, or holding on to the ball. He's driving forward with the ball in, in the Shakhtar side. And he's he's, part, he's moving the ball forwards as well. It's, it's really important to have that 1v1 dribbler in the in the Ange side um, able to beat a man. And that should really help with us with, with breaking down those stubborn defences that we've struggled with for a long time, right? 100%. 100% I couldn't agree anymore um, but it's one of them like you said is the eye test isn't there at the moment the mm. good thing is, is he's had experience in Europa League he's played sank like 15 16 Champions League games so he's had that exposure with Shakhtar yeah. Um, so yeah I've, again no brainer for me yeah and he's, he's he's been in England now for a while he's, he looks like he's got over his um, his injury problems he's hopefully acclimatised to, to London and it, it seems to just make sense. We've, we've lost Lucas on a free. It, it makes sense to sign him rather than put 30 odd mil on, on Dan Juma, who, um, again, we didn't really see much of him, but he seems more of that, that fo- inside forward, which isn't really an Ange type player. So, yeah, yeah, no brainer. And hopefully we'll see enough of him over pre season and in the early games of the season to be able to make a proper judgment of him. But, you know, he's only 23. Give that lad a chance and see where we go. Right, that's uh, that's the incomings as as achieved already done. What else do we need in order for this to be a successful transfer window, Chris? I'm guessing you're going to say centre backs. Do everything in one window. Um, it'd be nice to see another centre midfielder come in. For me, centre back, centre back, centre back. I'm, I'm, what I, I need to, I really want to. Yeah, um, I, think- I think it's it's needed. I think with two, I think it all depends on how many we can get out. There's been rumoured interest in in Sanchez. Um, I think Tanzanka's got opportunities in in Serie A because he's got his Italian um, agent. Dyer apparently the Saudis are looking at him, but I can't see him going this year. I think he'll ride it out and try and get himself a big payout next year. Fucking career suicide, if you ask me. When you're, you know, he's he's not Harry Kane. He's not got the world at his feet, but. Good luck to him. So hopefully too, but I, I I've got a feeling it depends on on outgoings first. Um, but listen, like you said, Sanchez I reckon will definitely be out. Yeah. Um, I've got a feeling Rodon will be out, and you never know what could happen with Dyer. With, with Dyer. Um. So yeah, um, listen, I've, I've, I'm positive. I think the links we're getting are very good. Tapso yeah, can you are, can you tell us anything about Tapso? Is it is it Van de Ven? Van de something? Van, Van de Ven, I know nothing about him. I'll be honest, <laughs> nothing at all. I don't, yeah. Most people that tell you to do, they're they're lying. Like I've uh, watched the same clip as everyone else, where he looks yeah, fucking rapid. And that's rapid it. as hell, and that's about it. But yeah. my my only concern with that one, um, is that everyone talks is telling me how quick he is 
how we can bring the ball forward and and ultimately with our defence we need to go back to basics and we need to get very good defenders in I need someone who can defend in the one we won someone who's very aerially dominant someone who doesn't get beaten easy someone that can that can sweep um, yes I want him comfortable on the ball but that's that's for me it's not a priority with the state of our defence we need to solidify it and then we can start getting fancy with it um, but yeah, Taps Over, another one. Um, very big, very strong, quick. Um, the profile's all aligned. Van der Veen, very quick. Seems strong, tall guy. Taps Over. Um, then you've got Buongiorno from Torino's, who I think's fantastic. Got a lot of talent as well. So he looked very good exciting. against Spain in the uh, Nations League. He looked, he looked excellent, to be fair. Um yeah, the only thing with Tapsoba, and it, it's not a reason not to sign him. It's um, it's obviously it's the African Cup of Nations this this January, isn't it? So you you potentially losing him for a couple of weeks, but he's at Burkina Faso, so who knows how far they'll progress. Um, and I don't know, if, I don't know if we, I think we, was there rumours that we're getting a winter break or something about a, a short sort of break over the winter? So we don't know how long we're losing, but you do hope that we would bring in someone else who can also play on that left hand side to cover for him, um, particularly if Dyer is staying anyway, and you can have him to cover for Romero, I guess, if you're desperate. Um, but we are being linked, obviously we need homegrown players, and we are being linked with um, Adarabayo, also from, from Fulham. I've, I've, I've really liked the look of him, Chris. He's a tall lad, he's come through the, the City Academy, and you can see that he's got that um, that city flair about him in terms of his his ability to to keep the ball and progress the ball, his his passing he look he looks like a great option and apparently he'd be a still at around fifteen to twenty million this summer. Definitely, um, for me we need two centre backs. Mm. Uh, I'm happy if one's the starter and then one's a good rotation player and I think he fits that bill. I don't want him to be the main guy. No, I'd be uh, shocked if he was. But I'd be very happy for him to be a rotational player um, because, like you say, you can bring him in. He's quick. He's strong. He fits the bill. And another one, 15, 20 million. You've you've sort of got to do it. Um, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you said you'd like a, a, maybe another centre mid. What what sort of is it? Are we talking a six or an eight? Um, eight for me. Another eight. Is that is that? I would like a six, but I think we've got Basuma who can be moulded into that. Um, I think Sar can be moulded into that. So I'd like to see like an Alex Scott, um, mm. someone who can take a bit of the the brunt of James Madison because we've got to remember Bentacler ain't going to be fit till December January. Um, he's, so, he's back in training today on on, on the um, on the bikes and that. he's looking he's making good progress at least. But um, long process. Obviously, Alex Young is—he's a young lad. He's obviously got a wealth of experience. What is if you, if you bring Alex Scott in, are you holding Divine back? So they can play together. Do you reckon they can both be in that first team together? You think they're, they're both ready for that? Divine and and Scott can mm. play that. Remember, Ben Tucker's out. Yeah. Um, I don't think Skip's good enough. Um, Hoiberg can be upgraded on, and I think because of the value that he can bring, um, he'd probably be the one I sell, but not because he's he's not as good as Winks, but the simple fact he generates more cash, and plus with the homegrown quota, 
Um, I think, yeah, I, I think the criticism, criticism of Skip has gone a little bit over the top. Um, our midfield has been a shamble since Benzico had gone. And part of that has been because none of our other plays are up to his standard. But also because all our other centimetres are, are so similar. You can't be playing a two-man midfield where you're both just sort of grafters. You just, you know, like him him and Hoiberg, they're, they're much of a muchness for me. I think Skip's got a higher ceiling and I think if you, I think he's more than capable to be moulded into a backup six and have Basuma as that, that first one because he has got a decent major passing. Um, he's not terrible against the press. He's not, he's not Endombele, but he's not, he's not terrible against the press. Um, but yeah, like you said, Hoybier, he's we're likely to get 20 mil plus out of him, aren't we? He's, he's the one that, that you sell really. And he doesn't fit into any of these positions for, for Ange. Um, I don't think he's got the same defensive capabilities, uh, capabilities, capabilities as Skip to go into that six. Um, and he just doesn't offer enough going forwards. He, he needs he needs space and time on the ball to do anything with it. And I'm just tired tired of seeing him running around the pitch trying to gather his second touch, and it ended up being a tackle. I mean, but listen, if if both of them stay, I don't think it's the end of the world. Mm. Um, I'll be happy with it. Um, but ultimately. They can be upgraded on, and if we've got the funds, why not? Um, but with Scott, you bring Scott and Devine in, that's our midfield set up for the next five to ten years. Like, honestly, these guys are that good. I'd be keeping them both there till the end of the careers. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but um, at their age, yeah. it's very exciting. Mm. Um, I'd happily have Scott there, and again. James Madison's going to be leading that midfield for creativity and stuff like that. And he's still only, what, 25, 26? Yeah, so it's going to take a massive... It will give these young guys your divines. I'll be happy to see divines start this year because he doesn't have that pressure that maybe Skip had because Mm. Bentico was injured that he has to physically play without his out of his skin because not only has he got to do his job right, he needs to influence the game so much that Tottenham get a win out of it. Mm. Um, but with James Madison, Scott and Devine will be able to play their natural games um, and not worry too much about the pressure of of the team's creativity being solely on them. Mm. Um, so I think it's very exciting times for them too. The one thing I'd like us to see us doing, I know we've just brought in Solomon, but would be have a, a proper world-class uh, right winger so that we can move Kulisewski into the middle. I think that would work. But I think Kudzevsky is really good at progressing the ball, um, playing his one-two touches, and, and you know beating beating the press and progressing the forward from deeper and progressing uh, forward with the ball from deeper in position. I worry about him one-on-one when when the backs when the opposition's backs are to the wall. I'd, I'd much rather have him in the middle and have him as another creative option in the middle. I've always been just relying on Madison. Can't see it happening at all. Um, and I have fucking no idea who I'd want to come in on that right hand, right hand side. But basically another one v one dribbler who can get the ball into the box, see what happens. Um, and having said that, I think that's something that would need to be expedited even more if Kane was to go. Christian, eighty million for Kane, would you take it? You're not giving me one ten, one twenty. You ain't having a hurry. Simple as that. Even with one year left, you think it's even with one year left. 
because if we got any hope of making Champions League, Harry's got to be that vital part. Making Champions League and potentially getting far in a trophy can generate 60 to 80 million quid for the club. So even if it does walk on a free but gets us Champions League, we've essentially got that money because let's be honest, without Kane, without Without years, without a year of planning, who you're going to get very, very in-depth scouting of players, you're mm. not going to get anywhere close. So for me, it, even if he goes next year on a free, gets us Champions League football, we've made the money back. Plus, we've had a year of really looking at: are we are we looking at Goncalo uh, Ramos? Have we really scouted what he can do? Who do it? Who else? Because Kane's worth two, three players of his skill set. You're not going to get it in one player. So that's right. right so if you're going to get Concarlo Ramos, right, very good poacher on the ball, but he's not going to be able to give up the hold up playing Kane gets. So who else can we bring in that's going to help him with that side of things? So you really need to go into in-depth to replace Kane. And we're going to need this year to do it. Um, but I'm not worried about the money. The money I'm not fussed about. See, I've, I've, I've sort of flirted with all sorts of different positions on what, on what to do with Kane. I firstly I'd be absolutely fucking stunned if we didn't already have a plan for what to do if Kane leaves. With one with one year left on his contract. Even whether whether we we're determined to keep him this summer or not, it would be fucking stupid to wait for his contract to run out before building plans on what to do next. And I, I know there's a lot of criticism of the board. I don't think the board are that fucking bad. Jesus Christ. Um I I'm leaning I'm at the moment I'd ne- I I think I tweeted this as well. I never, ever, ever want Kane to leave Tottenham. He is arguably the best player we've ever had, certainly the best that um, we've seen for quite a few generations. And he's one of our own and and all of that stuff, right? But with Ange coming in and with, with the whole rebuilding that's going on and with Ange historically, well, he has... He has altered his um, tactics here or there but with him historically having the kind of forward that runs in behind onto on onto the last pass and sort of poaches it um and gets sort of the, the classic number nine goals rather than the the sit the deep line sort of playmaker that harry kane kind of is because he's ridiculously good at everything i think maybe now is the time because you, you don't replace kane by getting trying to get another 30 goal um, striker because there's no one like him. There's no one that can carry a team the way he's been carrying us for the last couple of years. I think you bring in another winger, maybe maybe two who are those those one v ones that work. You you give Son and Richarlison those strike that striker position to see which one of them, but let them battle it out to see which one of them is best suited to be in that role. Um, and then you bring in another eight who can create and score goals as well. I, I, I don't want him to go, but if we can, if we can have an element of control of where he goes by sending him abroad to like Bayern Munich, who, who are apparently not giving up with their interest, I think it's a smart thing to do. I think taking lot, uh, taking um, emotion out of it. I think I think I take eighty million if it comes from abroad. See him take it. Um... But I wouldn't want to. I'll be honest. I'm at a point now. Where we need Kane as part of the build-up. The build, the re, the rebuild is far too big without Kane. Far too big. And once you sell Kane, listen, they're going to need to be working on deals now for next summer because 
if Kane goes on a free and they and clubs see how desperate Tottenham are, we're going to get shafted for a replacement. So yeah, but I think they know that already anyway, didn't they? If we go to a club now saying, "Oh yeah, we, we want your striker," they're going to go, "But you've already got Kane and Richarlison. What do you want our striker for?" <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any club stupid enough to uh, to not do that, and that's another reason why uh, we shouldn't have let ourselves get shafted by by Brentford for Raya. Because then when we go for another player that we're desperate for, it just gets shafted in over and over again until we become Man United. I totally get it. But I, I need him there. The rebuild's too big for me. It's too daunting to go mm. without him. I'll be honest. I'd be shocked. I know, I know they're saying that um, he's interested in, in buying Munich and he's agreed personal terms. But I'd, I'd be shocked if he went there. Um and I, I know, I know he wants like trophies and blah 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 blah. But is winning the Bundesliga or, or the German Cup with the team that has won it for almost every year for the last ten to fifteen years is that really a greater achievement than being the top ever goal scorer in the Premier League or even or even just winning the fucking Carabao for Spurs or something? A chance, not a chance, is it? Not bigger than the car. Obviously, it's bigger than the Carabao Cup. Um, but is it going to get Kane his 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 flowers from other fans? No, no one respects Kane the way he deserves to be treated. Everyone has always got a question mark about Kane, mm. and winning the Bundesliga does not remove them question marks. So for me. I, if I was his agent, uh, I wouldn't be advising him to go there. Yeah, but his agent is his brother, and his brother's a bit of a fucking idiot. Judging <laughs> by oh, the last listen, few years. Kane started that company. Yeah. Uh, Harry started that company. Kane's the owner of that company. Charlie's there, yes. Charlie's there to officially have an agent. Yeah. But uh, uh, Harry, Harry's taken a lead on his own career. Yeah, like, it's not Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have a bit of fun, Chris, man. You've always got to come and bring no, down listen, the fucking facts. No, no, I've uh, <laughs> I've met Charlie in person and he's a nice guy. And yeah. what I see people go at him, I, I, I just can't accept it. Um, yeah. We're talking about a guy here that when people used to ask him, are you Harry Kane's brother? Because he looks like him. Mm. He, he'd always deny it. He didn't want to be known as Harry Kane's brother. Um, so for me, he's just a genuine nice guy. And I, I'm just, I just don't like the un unneeded abuse at this point that the guy gets this i don't agree with it fair enough fair enough um but still you he almost made harry kane leave tottenham a few years ago so there's going to be resentment isn't there um but all right cool so uh shall we call it a wrap there chris yeah listen exciting times for tottenham um people know my views on twitter i've always been is it time to to start looking at potentially getting this board to change um my views stay the same but ultimately where we're at if we're going to be grown-ups where you criticize you've also got to give um praise and the fact that it looks like he's given man the ability to make decisions um and he sort of stood back i've uh, and the kind of targets that we're going for even if we don't the ones we haven't got in yet they're all very positive so You've got to go with the flow, um, and we've got to give him an opportunity. So yeah, yeah I'm we'll so happy. 
that the, to- that the toxicity is gone. Yeah, we'll judge it at the end of the window. Well, it's not even at the end of the window. Don't even judge judge it. November. See how see how the guys are settling in, how they're doing. Give them some time. Um, don't be fucking. There's no point being angry for the sake of being angry. Football's supposed to be a bit of fun that we do on the weekend with our mates and our family. So uh, have a bit of fun. And and on that cheery note, thank you very much for tuning in. You can catch us on Twitter if it's fucking working. Uh, that's 1882pod. Um, we're on Facebook somewhere. I haven't posted on there for fucking yonks, but uh, you'll see us on there at some point in the future. Uh, Just think a of- new one for you, Ash. Yeah. Um, that I've done without your knowledge. Of, I'm sorry that I haven't included you. Uh, but I have created a Discord server for the podcast. Um, so I'm going to post it out on Twitter and it gives people the ability to come and join us on the podcast. It gives people being able to create a community um, for Spurs fans to connect. Um, cool. And we'll, we can have some good conversations even off air on there. So I'll watch out for that link, guys. I'll get that posted. Well, thanks, for, thanks, Chris. Thanks for letting me know at the same time you let everyone else know. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it was a last-minute fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, see you later, Chris, and come on your spurs. Yeah.